Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sobriety Elevated. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. It's nice and uh, warm here in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Ah, and me, on the other hand, it's in the 70s. It's beautifully cool and nicely windy up in the mountains. So what are we going to talk about today? I think a, a good thing for us to talk about would be something that a lot of people, because of this podcast and other things, they've reached out to me and they've said things like, hey, I want to get sober. Or I have a friend who wants to get sober. Or I know somebody who wants to get sober and they always ask, like, what should I do? Um, and I think maybe we should address that and just kind of talk about what we can do to help support somebody that wants to get sober and uh, what we can't do, uh, which is do it for them, unfortunately. Well, and you can't make them either. Have you ever noticed that there are some people, it's like, just make me sober. Yeah, and people think that there's some magic words or some magic thing that you can do and make them be sober. Or or on the flip side, you know, like if I have a loved one who's maybe drinking too much or they're using drugs or gambling too much or doing a destructive behavior too much, and I want to go to them and, like, force them to change. I want to be like, hey, um, you need to do this, 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 and I try to control everything. And and uh and fix them you know as as they would say quote unquote fix them or or get them sober but in all reality nobody can can do it for anybody else the people that need to get sober have to want to do it on their own and they have to do the work on their own now it's important for us to support them and give them tools to be able to do it which which is things that we can talk about here today because how you support them will literally impact the success of their recovery. Recovery is tough. Yeah, recovery is not, not always easy. So for you, go ahead. Tell us, because you went through this just a few years ago. What had you actually choose to get sober? And now with all the meetings you go to, what do you do when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to get sober? There's, there's a lot of different things. So I'll, I'll probably be dominating a lot of this episode because I'll just kind of tell what I do. And then um, we can talk about, Jim, kind of some of the things that you've done, too, because you helped me get sober. So in, in totally different ways that I'm going to talk about helping other people get sober. And more what you did was help me stay sober by helping me heal in, in a different and, and deeper way. So I, I think, you know, this episode, we're more going to talk about people that are in crisis and, and what to do to help them. So just, you know, for example, a few days ago, I had somebody call me and said, hey, Kevin, uh, you know, I've heard your story. I want to quit drinking. You know, what should I do? And, and from there, you know, we have lots of different questions to ask and different things. But, but I always ask them, you know, why they want to get sober and, and what's going on. And then I tell them what I did, which for me, you know, people know my story. But I went to rehab. Um, and then I went to 12 step groups and I continued to do counseling, therapy, things like that. So my first thing with people is some people need a little bit more intense help than others. Like me, I was so physically dependent on drugs and alcohol that I needed to detox medically. I needed to, to get to treatment so that 
Um, one, I didn't die detoxing from all of it, but also just so it was safe for me to do it. So I did that. And then I went to treatment to, to retrain my brain and to learn different tools to cope. And ultimately then I went through, you know, and did the 12 steps. And so like some people, when they come to me, I, I recommend uh, treatment. I recommend an outpatient treatment. There's also, or inpatient treatment, there's outpatient treatment, lots of different treatment options. Some people I just suggest going to a, a recovery meeting and checking it out, you know, and seeing what they think. And again, some people will say, oh, it doesn't work and all this, but you have to give it time and you have to do what the program says in order to know if it works or not. And for me, I surrounded, and I think that the key is surrounding yourself with people that have something that you want. So, you know, like the people that I am around and, and went around were other people that had some sobriety time. And so that way they could give me suggestions and tell me what worked for them. And then I could take it or leave it. And fortunately for me, I was so desperate to get sober and get clean that um, I took all those different suggestions. So there's, like I said, you know, we could talk on this for hours and hours, but if you're a loved one, if you have a loved one who's struggling clearly with addiction, and again, we don't ever diagnose an addict or an alcoholic, you know, they have to diagnose it themselves, but there are people that we can pretty much say, you know, they're, they're definitely an unhealthy user or drinker. We think sometimes we need to go tell them what to do and this and that. And a lot of times, you know, that's not what's going to work. A lot of times it's, it's telling them in love. Like for me, I had an intervention done on me and that was three people that I, I loved and respected and were close to. Um, they sat me down and told me how my addiction had affected them. They gave me some guidelines that I had to follow or there would be consequences. For instance, if I didn't go to rehab, then I wouldn't be living in the house that I was living in anymore. Things like that. So they set some boundaries and I had to adhere to them. So sometimes it's tough love that you have to do. Um, but I think that the key, if you have a loved one that you want to help, is you need to reach out to somebody who has struggled and, and talk to them first before you try to help somebody. And those are where most of the phone calls that I feel they're from are from people who their loved one is, uh, is sick or are doing very unhealthy things. And then we figure out if that person's ready or not, because a lot of people aren't ready. I know right now I have a client and he is 37, 38 days clean. One of the first things we did is we created a support network for him. Like you, he has these people around him. And then the second thing I did once his support network was up and it was strong is that we explored the reasons for him to get clean. And when we talk, we go through those reasons because if you have a reason to get clean, it is far easier for you to get and stay clean. And then with a support team around you, it's another day and it's another day. And now we're taking it to the next level because now we're doing what a lot of recovery centers do is we're making sure that he has an exercise routine because the more you exercise, the more things you do as you're getting clean and sober, it's almost like wash exercise is almost like washing the inside out and you're retraining your brain to get your positive chemicals from working out, not from the drug of choice. 
Yeah, I think all of those things are, are things we've talked about different ways to help us recover and, and different tools, you know, to keep us recovered. And I think the key for sure, 100%, is you have to really want it. So if you're out there and saying, you know what, I've been listening to this podcast or I have a friend or I have somebody in my life and I think I want to get sober. For me, it didn't start with like, I'm going to get sober for the rest of my life or anything like that. It just started with desperation. Mm -hmm. I knew that I couldn't live the way that I was living anymore. And I knew that ultimately I was going to die if I didn't make some changes. And I also knew I would lose everything around me. You know, I had a two-year-old daughter at the time. I had a beautiful wife and I had a, a business that, that had so much potential. I had a lot of friends that cared about me, family that cared about me. I, I knew that I would lose all of that. And so I, I did exactly what you said. I, I figured out, you know, why do I want to get sober? And, and a lot of people will say you have to want to get sober for yourself. And I, I agree. Like, I did it for me. But I did it because me personally, I want to have my family. I want my daughter to be in my life. I want all of these things. Yes. And so like I did it ultimately for me, but there were other things that motivated me for sure. And so I, I had to really humble myself. And I can remember when I first went to treatment, you know, one, I was a guy who was a, an entrepreneur. I was, um, even though I had run my everything into the ground, I was pretty, you know, had, had a successful reputation and all these different things. And I didn't, I was the boss, so I didn't like to listen to people. And I remember getting into treatment and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, you have to wake up at this time. You have to do this, this, this. There was all these rules. And then we had to read this and we had to write this and all this homework. And I was kind of like, in the past, I would have been like, I'm not doing that. That's not me. I, I think that what I realized is I was so desperate to get clean and sober that I decided I was going to do whatever they told me to do. And once I started to follow those directions, once I started to then work the 12 steps and what, that's what worked for me, doing the, the program um, that so many people had had success with, and I started to actually take the suggestions that those people around me, that was when the change started to happen. And you see a, a lot of people also too, because now they see me two and a half years later and they see like the miracle. Well, the miracle didn't happen overnight. The miracle takes a, was a lot process. of work. And that's the thing. Recovery is definitely a process. Yes. yes. And a lot of consistency. And so over time, the miracle happened. I didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden I was like, I don't really worry about drinking or doing drugs anymore. It was a process. Mm -hmm. And I went through the process. I did the things that people people suggested me to do. Um, I did a lot, a lot of internal deep healing work with with you, Jim, and with with other people where we looked at like, you know, what am I? What do I believe about myself? What's my core story? And 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 ways to kind of rewire my brain so that I didn't feel like I had to numb everything. And it was a process. It was. It was slowly but surely. All of a sudden, then you wake up and you're feeling pretty good, you know, and you start to like yourself and love yourself again. And and that. So, I mean, we're kind of getting a little bit off, off subject, but it is, it's well, like we're not, the, the gifts of sobriety and the gifts of recovery are so great that if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, man, I think maybe I want to do it. I don't know if it's worth it. I can promise you it's worth it. And the thing is, is if you quit drinking or doing drugs for a little while and it doesn't, it's not better. You can always go back to drinking and doing drugs. So that's what I always tell people, give it, give it 90 days, give it a year and let's see how your life's yeah. better. Because I think that is so powerful. And I love what you said because you do ultimately have to do it for yourself. Yet I know people that because they have young children, they do not want those young children raised 
in that environment. And because of that, that is part of the reason that they do it also. And at the end of the day, you have to choose. Whatever reason, if you know somebody and they are looking to become sober, figure out why and work with them why, and work with them from love to figure out why. Because when you're working with somebody from the space of love and you just hear them, they, you just hearing somebody may assist them to figure out in their mind why they want to get sober and figure out what work they want to do. And if you are the encouragement for that, they'll do the work every single time. Definitely. And I, I, if you're out there and you're, you're wanting to get sober, you're thinking about getting sober, Go around other people that have gone through the same struggle and the same journey. I remember, you know, my first meeting that I had went to, one of the first meetings I went to, and everybody was kind of like, they're laughing about things that just weren't funny to me yet uh, because I was still in it. You know, I was still in the battle yeah. of, uh, of my addiction. And I realized that all of these people have, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it takes an addict or an alcoholic to really understand the humor in a lot of this. You know, I, I don't think uh, Rachel, my wife, would have laughed too much at some of the stuff that we were laughing at. Now we can laugh about it more, which we'll be talking about soon, I think, on our next episode with Rachel and some humor yes. and recovery and things that we can laugh about. But what I realized is everything that I thought was a unique problem for me, when I went to those meetings and I heard people talk, I could hear them telling the same story that I had. And it was amazing to me. That the, the fact that somebody had been through what I had been through, you know, that feeling of hopelessness that I had had, that the words that they use is incomprehensible demoralization. You know, I felt that so defeated. I had tried to quit drinking a hundred times. I had tried to quit doing drugs a hundred times and I just couldn't, didn't seem to have the power to do it. And I would hear other people tell stories of how they felt that way, but now they feel a different way. And then I would start to think, you know, first, really honestly, the first 10 times I went, I was like, this sounds ridiculous and stupid and it's not for me and it's never going to work. And as I kept coming back and kept sticking around and listening, I was like, okay, well, how yep. did they do that? And then I would ask him, I actually went up to a guy at a meeting. This was when I was in, um, in treatment in Utah and I went up to a guy and I said, okay, I feel how you said you used to feel right now. What do I got to do to not feel like that anymore? And it was incredible. Like, you know, you ask people that stuff that don't get it and they would be like, oh, well, he was so ready to help me. And he was like, hey, come on, let's go sit down. We sat down at the table. He talked to me for 15 minutes. Uh, I got his phone number. I was able to call him and he ended up helping me through some of those issues. He could just tell me through his experience. And so putting yourself around other people that have been there is absolutely huge. And so, you know, if you want to get sober, there's always going to be somebody out there. If they've been through what you've been through, they're going to want to help you. Like one of my favorite things is when people call me and tell me, you know, hey, I, want, I need help or I want to get sober now. I give them different advice or guidelines or suggestions and, you know, nine out of ten times, uh, they don't listen to them. Just like me, before I was ready to get sober, I wasn't listening to anybody either. It didn't matter what they said. You know, I had to be ready. And like I said, you know, they call it the gift of desperation. That's the reason why I'm glad that like people that were enabling me in my life stopped because I didn't have a backup plan anymore at the end. It was my life was either going to be over or I had to change it. And so by being in that position, that's when I had to make the choice that I was done and I was ready for whatever changes I needed to make. 
And I'm just so thankful that other people, again, they walked that journey with me. You know, for me, it was a, a sponsor, um, two sponsors, actually, and then also a pastor, um, different people, and then a bunch of friends and other people, both people that were sober, are sober and, both, and people that aren't, you know, that have never struggled with addiction, that really walked through the process with me of restoration in my life and just cleaning up the past and things like that. And that's why it's important, you know, to not get ahead of yourself. You know, I remember hearing a guy in one of my first meetings getting his uh, two-year coin. And I'll, I mean, oh, man, I was like, that's nuts. That'll never be me. And the thing is, is when I started to focus on two years or one year, like mm-hmm. getting way ahead yeah, of myself. One day, you know? Yeah, one day at a time. And, that, and the funny thing is, Rachel hates it when I say this because it just kind of like gives her a little bit of it. But she always says, I'm like, I might drink tomorrow. But right. I know I'm not drinking today. <laughs> and every single day when I wake up, I, I mean, I'm definitely right? not yeah. drinking today. And I say that, and I'm not meaning that I really might drink tomorrow. Anybody that's listening out there, I'm just saying that the only guarantee that I know is I'm not drinking today. 100% not drinking. And for me, I'm done with that lifestyle. And thankfully, that, that obsession's been lifted off of me. So, I mean, I just, I really just want to encourage everybody out there. Like, yeah. if you want to get sober, there is hope and there are options out there. Shoot, reach out to, to me or Jim. Yep. We're both on Facebook. We have the uh, Sobriety Elevated Facebook page. Also, just personally, I'm on there. Jim's on there. Other people, we all know somebody that got sober. It's a beautiful yeah. thing because if you're listening to this and you want to get sober, after you've chosen to get sober, find the people around you that can assist you. Kevin articulated that wonderfully, that the people will show up in the perfect amount of time at the perfect place and space for them to do that. I have one more one more quick story, kind of an interesting story about just today. So like I said, I went to this golf tournament. It was 100 degrees. We quit after three holes. Then we went to a little restaurant, bar and grill that I used to go to all the time back when I was drinking, a place that I really don't go that often, but we were going to go there and have some lunch. And I went in there and it's pretty cool. One of the people that worked there, she looked at me and she was just like, man, I'm so happy for you. And she started to tell stories of when I oh used to be in there. And, um, all the craziness that I did. And then now she sees my life on social media, but also other stuff. Yeah, there's some stories I won't even repeat on here. It's incredible because she said, actually, she said, yeah, if I ever know anybody that needs help, man, I'm, I'm going to tell them to call you. And I was like, oh, really? Why? She's like, because if you could do it after all the crazy stuff you did and how big of a mess you were, anybody I'm can pretty do it. sure anybody can do it. And so I really loved that. And so that's why you, yeah. And, and that's why if you're out there and you're newly sober or you're thinking about getting sober, you don't have to share it with everybody like Jim and I are right now. But it is important that when people are in need to be able to tell them, hey, I've kind of been there in that situation. And that's why I love the the recovery meetings, all kinds of different ones, the 12-step ones and other ones too. You know, it's because you can put yourself around yep. like-minded people. Any final thoughts? So you, a final thought is that if you are considering getting sober Listen, put this voice in your head. You can do it. You can do it. A little at a time, one day at a time. I love Kevin's example. 
because Kevin is really not threatening to drink tomorrow. He is just making sure that he is so focused on today that he does what needs to happen today to stay sober. And if you are listening to this, know it's one day at a time. And as you build your inner confidence, as you deepen your healing, your sobriety becomes incredibly strong. And really, that's why we're here. So you've been listening to Sobriety Elevated. I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. And if you're sharing it with people, a big thank you for sharing it. We do have a Facebook page. It's the Sobriety Elevated page. And we are on, I want to say we're on like seven or eight different podcasting platforms. So thanks for listening to this episode. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you.